uh, I worked on three homilies this week, uh, and I'm going to be kind to you. I will only give two. Sometimes we prepare more than we can serve. But it is, after all, there is a matter of logistics. And you got to think about logistics. You know, it's marvelous to preach, and it's marvelous to go out and evangelize the whole world. And it, it's great to be an apostle, and it was... It was great to be one of those 12 disciples. Now, what, wouldn't you love to have been in that crowd, to have been one of the 12? But folks, listen to me. It's also, I'm being serious, it's also a matter of sandwiches. Sandwiches. Well, kind of. I don't know what they did. Now, look. We love to sort of sanitize the gospel record. It's easy to sanitize them so that we don't take care of everything that is there. Now, Jesus' public ministry lasted what? Three years? And the disciples, the twelve, were with him that whole time, weren't they? Now, there were many days where they preached day after day after day, right? They went everywhere. Now, who took care of lunch? Who took care of lunch? Now, I'll tell you how it was done. Jesus said, uh, you know, Peter got to do it last time. Philip, you get to do it this time. Go get me a fish and go get me a piece of bread. And I'll make the sandwiches. And lifting his eyes towards heaven, he prayed and he blessed them. And he made the fish and the bread enough to feed the apostles. Is that how it was done? Not on your life. Twice. And it wasn't just the apostles. It was a crowd 5,000, 4,000 people were fed that way. Normally, how do you think they got lunch? I'm going to tell you how they got lunch. I happen to know. Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of Joseph and the myrrh bears before they were myrrh bears were sandwich makers. If you understand what I mean, I don't know what they had for lunch in those days. I haven't got any idea, but they had lunch. They had to eat, but we, you know, we sort of forget that there were things like that that had to be done. You know, logistics, things that need to happen in order for the big stuff to happen. In a former life that I lived, I would show up on a college campus and I would uh, spend the last half hour before I gave my talk for that night, saying, why did I ever agree to do this? I'm never going to do this again, and I'd be sick at my stomach and all of that, and I still get, you know, I worry before the homily every Sunday, I'll never get over it, not at this age, that's not going to end. And then I would get up, and I would stand there, and there might be three, four, five, six, seven thousand kids there. How did they get there? Logistics. It wasn't my name that got them there. It was because there were people who got out and did the dirt. There were the people who got out there and put the state signs around the campus saying, you know, come to this particular meeting. It was somebody who made arrangements for the auditorium. It was somebody who made sure the PA system was set up. It was somebody who made the state, made sure the stage lights were on. It was somebody who had the cards 
that we used at the end of the meeting to find out who was there. And if you're going to get the names of four or 5,000 people, you, there's logistics, folks. Somebody has to do the dirty little tasks. And before the murdering women were murderers, they were logistical partners. The scriptures say that these women were with the band of the apostles and they served them. It wasn't Peter who did the serving. It wasn't John or, or, or Thaddeus or certainly Judas who did the serving. And they didn't go to McDonald's for lunch. Somebody served them. Some people did the logistical tasks. And the myrrh-bearing women, before they were myrrh-bearers, were the lunch-bearers. Now, that was part of sermon number one. But the second, that was because today's the Sunday of the myrrh-bearing women. But my second homily was going to be on the selection of the deacons and why they were selected. Tom, what were you before you, when, when you were first a deacon, what were you deacon of? You remember even? I don't remember what you, your brother was deacon of sports. He was, he was a deacon of sports. Why? Because we had teams in our church and we had to make arrangements with the city with the, to have a field to play on and to make sure we were in a league and to make sure there were bats and balls and basketballs and so on. And so he was a deacon to serve. Then when we re were received into the church, well, we didn't do that anymore. But that is the way it was done anciently, folks. They were handing out sandwiches. Well, that's what you heard in the epistle today, wasn't it? The apostles were waiting on tables, and the church had its first argument. It had its first problem. There was murmuring going on. And the Hellenists never trust the Hellenist, the Greeks. Never trust them. Well, they weren't exactly Hellenists. They were Hellenistic Jews. See, the Greeks had contaminated them. They were out from the diaspora. And, and, but they were there. You know, they'd come, for, they'd come for Passover, and then all this resurrection business had taken place, and Pentecost, and now there were logistical problems. Folks, there were a lot of people to feed who were planning. They had originally planned to go home right after, after Pentecost. They came from Passover to Pentecost. They went back home, and some was a long ways home, and they didn't bring enough money to last any longer than that, and they had to be served. And so they didn't have the myrrh-bearing women do it this time, but they, had, they selected deacons to serve because there are logistics that need to be taken care of. Sometimes I laugh out loud, and I smile when I hear today's epistle, because I think, what would it be like for the priest to give himself to the ministry of prayer and proclaiming, teaching the gospel? I can't imagine what it would be like, because there are just so many logistical tasks that need to be taken care of. 
in the church, those things do need to be taken care of. Now, the myrrh-bearing women, let's go back to the sandwich bearers who became myrrh bearers. Is there a reward? I love this gospel. I love it. You know who should have been at that tomb that morning? You know who should have been there? The apostles ought to have been there, the lazy guys. No, they weren't lazy. They were scared. They weren't there. They should have been there. They didn't get chided for not being there. But after all, it was only their king and God that had died. And they weren't there. Who tromped to the tomb on resurrection morning? The sandwich bearers. Now being myrrh bearers, the women. And is there a reward in it? Well, let me tell you something. Wouldn't you love? to have been the first to know about the resurrection. Wouldn't you call that a reward? Wouldn't you say Mary Magdalene maybe got the greatest reward of all? She saw the risen Christ before anyone else did. You see, the sandwich bearers and the myrrh bearers aren't ignored. In the purposes of God, they get their due. They get their reward. Yes, their tasks may not be out in the open and public and get all the applause and all the acclaim and all the attention, but God takes care of them. And faithfulness is rewarded. I don't want to say that Peter wasn't faithful in not being there that morning. Maybe there were good reasons, but I'll tell you this, those women, we don't know really how many there were. There were at least seven that were there that morning. And they saw the angel. You know, people weren't too used to seeing angels any more then than they are now. And they saw them, and some saw the risen Christ. What a reward. Now, what am I going to do with this? The epistle with the deacons who were there to serve, and the myrrh-bearing women who had served Christ and the apostles for three years, and we celebrate them this Sunday. What am I going to do with this today? Uh, this is rather an unapologetic infomercial for the parish retreat. I want to tell you what we're going to do at the parish retreat, first weekend of June. We're going to talk about your service. We're going to talk about sandwich bearing and serving. And what we're going to talk about is what we want St. Anthony to be like when it grows up and what your part is in it, what you are going to do. What ministry you may have, what ministry you may want, what you would like to do, whether you would like to be the priest of the place, or whether you would like to be a deacon, or whether you would like to be a sandwich bearer, whether you would like to work with the young people, the Sunday school, whether you would like to work with the carpet cleaning, and somebody, for goodness sakes, has got to take over the ministry of cleaning the chairs off. Do you know why I won't let the children bring candles back in here after the processions? Because it takes me about an hour and a half to clean the chairs. The wax. Because children cannot hold candles. Adults can hardly hold candles without having them drip. And you can't leave the chairs with the candle wax on them. Somebody's got to do it, and it's a ministry. At the parish retreat, we're going to talk about those ministries. You know, I appreciate the ushers. They take care of the candles. 
You know, there needs to be a deacon of candles. A deacon of candles because do you know how much harder it is to clean that out once those burning burned down into the sand? It's a whole lot more complicated. There's just so many, many things that need to get done. To finish this, it's a matter of logistics, folks. There needs to be sandwiches. Yeah, I get to stand here every Sunday and I get to do the preaching. And if there's anything in my life I love to do more than anything else there is, I like to preach. It's great to stand here. It's great to do this. It's fun. I love it. I enjoy it. But that's not all that's needed in the church. There are so many ministries that need to be done. And you have one. And you need to be a part. You need to be one of those six deacons or seven. You need to be a part of those myrrh-bearing women. You need to have a place, a role, something you do in the church. So today, we're celebrating the myrrh-bearing women. And Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus, we're celebrating those who took care of the Lord. And today, we're reading about those deacons as they were selected. Take the lesson and apply it to yourself.